Well, I'm walking through the student union building at Mesa College at the time. It's called Colorado Mesa University now. And I think I had sucker across my forehead because the, <laughs> the Army <laughs> recruiter and the Navy recruiter picked me out of all these people. And they're, I mean, it's like, looked at me like, hey, come on over here. They, they had booths set up because it was like career fair, you know, graduating. Yeah. I, I watched a, a, a SEAL video and I watched a Ranger video. And, and you know, I, I love it because I kills get all bent out of shape. I thought the Rangers were harder. I'll be honest. I thought, man, that's going to be harder to do. Now, and yeah. they, we, we nip, they're both hard. I, and the guys that I serve with, the SEALs that are my buddies, they know I like to razz. They razz me back. And I thought it was cooler. I'm like, man, I know they get a swim, but. Damn, look at those berets they're wearing. You know, the Trident was cool, but like, damn, that Ranger DUI, the Distinguished Unit insignia. You know, I asked both of them. I said, do people quit? And especially I was asking the Armor recruiter. I said, do people quit, fail out of this? They go, yeah. I said, well, shit, sign me up. Let's let's go give it a shot. And my dad and my mom were like, you're, you graduated with your bachelor's degree and you're enlisting in the Army? Are you an idiot? <laughs> Chris, your husband, your father, 75th Ranger, author, speaker, and founder of the 14th yeah. Hour Foundation. Tons more. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Uh, no, thanks, Eric. No, of course. It's, it's my honor. Uh, especially, I, I love doing shows that aren't, that are, that are, well, I shouldn't say that. MMA and combatives and all that, and the special operations kind of, yeah, kind of go hand in hand. So, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it, but it's good. It's good to have another audience to reach out to a different audience. Uh, than maybe maybe the than just the veteran audience that that most see me or or you always associated with for for years, which is no, that's not knocking them. I love being a veteran. I'm honored to be in that in that core group of guys of and men and women. And Eric, from here on out, when I say guys, that is a gender neutral term for me. Okay, so yep. I mean, but I just don't want to offend anybody out there. But right. for all the guys, all the guys, men and women that serve, you know, it's good to be in that that group of, of veterans and, and uh, but it's also good to talk to talk to guys within the MMA circles and, and guys that fight because that's man I have much respect for for fighters and you know some good friends uh I always throw his name out there because I think he's a tremendous individual as Andre Olofsky is a very good friend of mine and oh, nice. just the most just a gentleman you know he is he's a huge teddy bear until he gets angry and but that's how you ought to be and, and so much admiration to all the fighters out there that are that listen to your show too and that have been on it, man. A lot of respect to those guys. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Yeah, Andre's a, a, a bad dude for sure. Um, I like to go back though on my shows. Like you grew up or you're born in Colorado, but what was childhood yeah. like for you, man? Um, Colorado and traveling, you're saying? Uh, what, what was childhood like for you? Oh, childhood. Yeah, childhood. <laughs> I blocked the CI. I blocked it all out. It was no, I'm kidding. It was no, it was great actually. Uh, I was born in Alamosa, Colorado, and I grew up in the country. Okay. So you know, I, I grew up in Alamosa. is very very small, very rural. My dad coached at Adams State College. He was the athletic director there. Mom was a teacher. You know, so I grew up with a lot of discipline in my house from having educators in my house. Um, yeah. And um, but you also you you got free reign. I mean, we're outside of town, so I could take my dirt bike and ride down to the river, which the Rio Grande River was right there. I go and actually during carp season, they come up on top of the water. You know, I could take my dog. I had a golden lab and me and it, you know, I was, what, seven or eight at the time, too. And I could walk a mile to the river and shoot carp that were coming up on the up on the top. They come up on the top of the river during times of the year. And, you know, how many eight-year-olds gets to do that now? You, you parents right. don't let them do that. Or having my dirt bike and just take my dirt bike and go riding my dirt bike and jump over. In Alamosa, you have huge anthills. 
and you okay. can they make them into ramps i mean they're they're built like out of concrete <laughs> on all those ants do it but you know go out and jump and and uh your dirt bike i actually fell into a septic system once because i missed the jump luckily it was capped so i didn't go into the shit i just cracked my head open on the concrete oh, but uh man. you know kept going out <laughs> catching horny toads horn toads we call them horny toads uh rock fights dirt clod fights bb gun fight. i mean right that's that's how you grew up and that's how i i i learned my parents i my parents you know when i got in trouble i got my ass i got my ass spanked when i deserved yeah. it when i shot my brother with the bb gun yeah i got my my butt beat my mom with the bb gun but you know i wouldn't i wouldn't change it because you just had so much freedom and you learn you know kind of the hard knocks you learn how to get hurt you learn how to skin your knee and get up and yeah and and you learn a lot of discipline um and you learn how to make mistakes. Uh, I, I, you know, I, one time I caught a fire and lit about five acres trying to light cattails because I thought we could Halloween one year, we could go out and have torches. You know, I'm seven and yeah. afterwards, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just, those are the things that, that you, that I think a lot of kids, unless you're really in rural America, which is hopefully what we're moving to here soon, getting out of Omaha. Yeah. Um, is that you get experience that and it, it does teach you how to, it really does teach you how to fail and get back up and teach you how to get hurt and get back up and keep, keep playing and keep moving forward. I, I was very, very blessed to grow up in a time like that and have the freedom to, to really just go out and skin my knee as much as I wanted to. And, and still my parents weren't worried about if I was coming home at night or not. Cause I, I'd eventually come home. I just may have cuts and scratches all, all over yeah. me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So why did you end up uh, joining the military? You know, I, I, it wasn't, uh, nobody in my family, aside from a cousin, uh, two cousins that I was close to, but anyway, I didn't follow their path. Yeah. I've been in the military. I take that back. My, my grandfather on my dad's side was, but I never knew him. He got shot down in World War II wow. when my dad was one. So I never knew my great grandpa over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I never knew my grandfather on my dad's side, but um, I, I, I go back to the story. It is, it really is a story where I played football in college, was finishing up college ball. I, I wasn't going to go pro. I was good, but I was 5'9", 165 pounds. And unless you run a 4'240", you're not going to the pro. So, you know, that was – But I, and honestly, I got I was so burnt out with football at that point. Um, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I was like, well, FBI, see, I was a criminal justice major. What am I going to do? Well, I'm walking through the student union building at Mesa College at the time. It's called Colorado Mesa University now. And I think I had sucker across my forehead because the the army <laughs> recruiter and the navy recruiter picked me out of all these people. And they're, I mean, it's like looked at me like, "Hey, come on over here." They, they had booth set up because it was like career fair, you know, graduating. Yeah. And I I watched a, a a seal video and I watched a ranger video and and you know I, I love it because I seals get all bent out of shape. I thought the rangers were harder. I'll be honest, I thought, man, that's gonna be harder to do. Now, and yeah. anyway, we, we nip, they're both hard. I, and the guys that I serve with the SEALs that are my buddies, they know I like to razz. They razz me back. Yeah. But that was, it was like, I just, and I thought it was cooler. I'm like, man, I know they get a swim, but damn, look at those berets they're wearing. You know, the Trident was cool, but like, damn, that Ranger DUI, the Distinguished Unit insignia. I'm looking at all that stuff going. And then I asked, I said, you know, I asked both of them. I said, do people, do people quit? And especially I was asking the armor recruiter. I said, do people quit, fail out of this? They go, yeah. I said, well, shit, sign me up. Let's, let's go give it a shot. And my dad and my mom were like, you're, you graduated with your bachelor's degree and you're enlisting in the army. Are you an idiot? <laughs> like, I don't know. It just, so it just is the right thing to do. I, you know, I, I believe in God. I have a lot of faith. I, I do, you know, I do believe that that was just, that was the path that found me. 
I, yeah. I didn't find it. It really came and found me. And, and then I was off to the races. I did get thrown in the military the first time I was in. I did write about it in a ranger way. I shouldn't say thrown out. I got honorably discharged, did some stupid shit. I got an honorable discharge. I did go back in, though, and I redid it all over. I had to go through basic everything all over again. Wow. So actually, I did it twice. So, yeah, I, I, I guess I like, I like pain and discomfort. <laughs> yeah. And I went to the Rangers, went through all that twice, went through RIP twice, which is now it's called RASP, and right. got to Ranger School. Wow, man, yeah. what a crazy story. I wanted to flash forward a little bit to probably what a lot of people might know you from is you were in Benghazi September 11, yeah. 2012 yeah. with the Global Response Staff. Uh, for those who don't know, walk me through that day of, of what happened. Yeah, I have been in, in a lot of people that, that are just starting, and it's great. There are people that are gravitating towards the story. I know yeah. 13 hours, you know, people were worried that it was never going to be washed or it was just going to be a right-wing story. But now that they see that, like even myself, I, I'm not, I, I've got in the political jump a little bit, you know, last election. I'm like, ah, that ain't me. Yeah. It's really not me. Um, uh, I, Boone's not really in the political, political genre. The, it just, so more people are starting to see it now. But that being said, for those that, that, that didn't know me or Boone or have never really done their due diligence on Oz or Tigger, at that point in time, I'd been deploying for 10 years, almost 11. I'd been going overseas. So it wasn't, it was just, an, it was just a normal day. You know, yeah. they, you know, first day you do it, you start doing it. Yeah, your, your adrenaline's always there. You're always there. First time I was in Baghdad. I, I couldn't even load my magazine in my roughing system because I was so amped up. Right. And people are looking at me going, you, are you sure you're a ranger, Dave? Is that what you, I, I don't know. And that was when I was at Blackwater Security. Um, but come to Libya, it was just, a, it's just your job. You know, you're yeah. just, hey, it's okay, another day. Let's get this thing down so we can get home. And, and um, myself, we did reference it in the movie. It's really quick. And I, I credit to Michael Bay for getting the script right and Chuck Hogan getting the script right there. But Boone and I, myself, and Roan, and Roan passed away that night. He was a former Dev Group guy, a Steel Team 6 guy. Um, he's the one that got hit by the mortars and died. We had all extended. So we were all supposed to go home two weeks earlier, but we stayed because the ambassador was coming in. And, and we had a good rapport. The team, even though we all didn't get along, we really, I mean, all of us didn't like each other. The team actually did work well together. So it was yeah. like, well, you're staying. Yeah, I'll stay. I'll stay. We, I have new guys come in when we got a good reporter, good jail going, let's stay and, and stay together. Um, you know, it cost high his life that night, that yeah. the next morning, but you know, that's war. That's this, and, and not downplaying it, but that is war. That's how you yeah. have to look at it. So really it's just, it was just another day of, okay, all right, let's get this down. Uh, Boone and I were on QRF. So basically we were on standby all day anyway. So we were up at the crack of dawn on when the first guy goes out so we can respond. And then we're, we're stay up till the last off of the day, which Oz was still out doing this meet and greet dinner with uh, one of our case officers, which is portrayed pretty well in the movie as well. Yeah. And um, it was just, man, let's just get this, let's get the day down. I want to go home. I'm already two weeks over what I should, I, I want to get home. And, yeah. and um, yeah, it, it really is. It's just, it, it, you're just, you're just trying to bide your time. A lot of times, 75% of it is just, it's just getting through the doldrums and the mundaneness of, of being overseas. The other 25%, I may even be ready. Maybe only be 15% of it is the, Holy shit. Okay, let's and then then you're you're underpaid. But the other 80, 75, 80% is like, man, I'm I'm getting paid for this. And and that's kind of what it was. It was just was let's just get the day over with. Yeah. Wow. Man. And, and the movie 13 Hours obviously came out. How realistic was that movie or how how did that portray to the realistic, you know, events I, that actually happened? 
they, we knew, and, um, and also I, I Michael Bay, and, and we, we're very blessed to have him and the production company, uh, Three Arts Entertainment, who's the one that produced the movie, that one that, that brought it to, uh, to, to Paramount. Paramount made the movie. Three Arts was behind all those scenes. We were blessed to have those names. Those are all huge names in the, in the Hollywood and the movie industry. Michael yeah. Bay, Three Arts Entertainment. If you Google Three Arts or Irwin Stoff, he's one of the biggest players in Hollywood. Paramount, of course, everybody knows who Paramount is since staying there, uh, 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 you know, um, staying there in 1960s movies, you know, when they did uh, A Wizard of Oz. I mean, you, that's how big they are. Yeah. To have those people involved, I think, helped get the movie made at that time because it was a, it, it was, I'd say divisive, but it did show the, the former president um, and his, what took place. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, trying to, trying to, uh, put him in a bad light on purpose it just hey, that's just what happened and yep. people knew that that it might affect the election it might affect him getting reelected. that would be obama right. and um so we had to make sure that it was accurate it was spot on the 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 the, the script the terminology we're using the the movements of the guys which was excellent i think john krasinski martini of course pablo pablo was awesome so pablo he's the one that played me yeah they did an amazing job just showing the realisms of what combat is and tactically being tactically sound and the goofiness. I think a lot of movies, war movies missed that. And that is what actually happened. Yeah. It's the jackassery. It's the dancing with flashlights, with, which I did. Yeah. I dance all the time. It's, it's, it's the smart comments. It's the, it's the laughing at the most impromptune times because you're just dealing with stress. That is what actually happened. The colors. Yeah. Most movies, but you know, I love Black Hawk Down. I know a lot of those guys. Dale Sizemore's a friend. You know, uh, uh, Colonel McKnight's a friend. You know, um, David Floyd is a friend from Black Hawk. Those guys, but they show it so gritty, and it, it's really not gritty. The yeah. colors are because your adrenaline's popping. The colors are just popping. The sounds are popping. The the flashes of light. It, it and Michael Bay really. I'll be. I, you can knock him all you want with other movies. He's the only one that could get that accurate because that's how he films. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's gorilla style, a lot of it, which is perfect, yeah. but it's also the sights and colors and sounds are amplified and that's, that's real. Yeah. And so they got it right. I'll give you one scene, especially too, with the actors is uh, we did a scene where Pablo was, I had a Mark 46, which is a, a belt fed weapon. And there's a certain way you have to do the charging handle to make it look realistic. If you want to be a ranger, you do it this way. If you do it the other way, you're not a ranger. So it's, it's, there's a charging handle. You got to charge it, palm up. Gotcha. Well, we went through one of the scenes where he did it. And I was on set. And we were on set for part of it. We were, we were in base studios. We helped with the script writing. Pablo and I became good friends. We're still, we're still friends to this day because we got, to, we got to work with each other a lot. But there was a scene where he did the charging handle with his palm down. I'm like, and you can't do that. I mean, n most people would not notice, but the veterans, especially the special ops guys, whether you're a Raider, SF, Delta, SEAL, whatever, yeah. you see that and the movie's done. I mean, you see that little thing that's off with the palm down instead of palm up when you're pulling the charging handle, especially me watching the movie, I look at it and going, damn it. Well, they had it until that point there. Right. So, and they, and I, I caught it and I went to Michael because I was standing right there and I went to Pablo like, guys, if you do that, you're going to lose you're going to lose your veterans. You're going to lose your special ops guys. And they re they, they refilmed the scene. They went right back and refilmed it. And to me, that just showed how accurate and how much integrity and ethics they wanted to put in making the movie correct. Yep. And it was. And all that stuff that, that you see those jets standing by, not coming, you see 
the people moving and not coming, you see a predator overhead. That was all accurate. We actually even had more units that were standing by, two Marine MARSOC units, uh, the 10 Special Forces Group that you see loading in a helicopter that were moving, that was the, uh, that was the SIF team. That was accurate. I mean, we had, we had, and the 555th Fighter Wing, which is that base in Aviano with those assassins, they all were ready and standing by, and they never got the word. And, and that's why you see that where it's just people not moving is really, that's what happened. It wasn't a, you're not going, it was nothing. It was just cricket. Like, yeah, yeah, we're going, nobody's telling us anything. And the more that's come out, there's even just more of the units and things that were left just high and dry to leave us high and dry. And uh, yeah, it, it still hurts to watch. And honestly, it's harder for me to watch the movie now than it was when it first came out. Just, I, you know, the, the, I, I think that just everything kind of still sets in even more so, but that's how accurate it got. And I'm very proud of how well they did. And I'm very proud to say Michael Bay directed the movie, even, even though, you know, hey, Transformers, all that, whatever you want to say about him, he did an awesome job. And the actors, we're all tremendous, all of our class acts. And like I said, Pablo is, is still a guy that's a friend. I call him say, hey, man, what's going on? And we may have different, different idea, a different not ideology, different political views, sure. which I don't really get into politics anymore anyway. Right. But um, doesn't matter. I mean, we can put all that aside and, and, and say, hey, still be friends. And, and they put all their political ideologies aside to make the movie. And I think it came through well, very yeah. well. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, starting with Rewebbed. They are the best digital marketing agency on the planet. I love working with those guys. Founded by a guy named Ian Inman. He's on a mission to feed 1 billion kids and help 1 million entrepreneurs. Go check them out. Tell them I sent you. Alpha Outpost, amazing monthly subscription box sent right to your door every single month. You can start for five bucks. They send you cool stuff like this. Go use the code TOPRATINGMMA for 15% off your order. Every time that I have a guest on my show, they say that's an amazing flag. Well, this flag here and many others that I own are from a company called Combat Flags. It's a veteran-owned company. They're on a mission to donate as much money as they can to stop soldier suicide. It's an amazing organization. Go check them out, Combat Flags. Well, and you know, when I was doing research on you and further into Benghazi, you know, Hillary Clinton's one of those people that have just lied and lied, and Obama even yeah. called it a conspiracy theory, which is just yeah. mind-blowing to me. But, yeah. you know, from your perspective as a president saying that, you know, what goes through your mind? And, and has the Clintons or anybody ever reached out to apologize for that? No, you know, and, and that, actually Obama is the one that said it was a conspiracy, because I remember when yeah. I still was doing Fox News, this was on 9-11, he actually went to a uh, a college in Chicago and students and somebody was filming it. I don't think he knew it was filming it or yeah. if he did, he was oblivious to it or he was just so arrogant that he didn't care if anybody, if we saw it. Right. But he did say, yeah, this is a Benghazi conspiracy, Benghazi. And I remember going on Fox news and this is where I had to stop going on the news. Cause it was, it was making me angry. Yeah. Cause I, I, I said, I, man, what P Hicks, I says, what you saw that, you saw the clip. What did it make you feel? I said, well, I want to reach to the TV and choke him out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I had to, Secret Service calling me. I really wanted guys to know. And actually, they came and visited my house, but I knew the two Secret Service agents, so it was kind of a joke. It was funny for me, anyway. <laughs> like, but um, but but it but it but it made me that angry. And yeah. and and um, no, I you know, and that's why I, I sense of let it go. They're they're going to continue to say whatever they want to say. Sure. Continue to rationalize it, but they made mistakes and they yeah. did leave us behind and they did lie to the family and they did you know. But again. 
you can only stay mad at that so long and it just encompasses your whole life and makes you an angry, terrible person. And it did. It, it really ate me up. And until I was able to let it go yeah. and just say, you know, God's got this. We yeah. don't, I don't need, you know, we, we used to love seeing people in stocks and you got to go see the hangings going on or people are criminals in trouble. I don't need that. I don't need to see somebody prosecuted for their wrongdoing or criminal action. Being got I know it will be handled by God, if it needs to be handled, if it's not, then it doesn't, it, then it doesn't. But for me, uh, yeah, they, they did wrong. They've lied about it, but, uh, they, and they will continue because that's how politicians are. Our bottom don't have any integrity at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me to continue to be angry about it, no, no. I mean, you can tell I get a little amped up, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not angry. But, and uh, you know, the funny that you said, if, uh, if they would have said they're sorry, honestly, when I came back from Benghazi and we started to see things changing and see how they were trying we, we saw it right off the bat they're trying to cover this up and and um i actually just told them and this was back at the ci headquarters and it was to my to my main chain of command i said just tell me you're sorry yeah and i'll i won't I'll, I'll go back to work and i actually did i went back to yemen and worked another contract after libya i, I kept working um and i said when i came back from yemen i'm sorry that's what i told them and and not one person could just say hey man sorry sorry we left you guys behind and that's all i needed yeah. I just wanted to work. I, I didn't want it. I, I had never had any intentions of, of writing books and move. I mean, that's the farthest thing from my mind. I, I, so, yeah. uh, but we couldn't even get just a sorry, even from director Brennan or even from yeah. Mike Morrell or even from, you know, it would have been nice. Hillary or the president and behind, it didn't need to be public. It could have just been behind closed doors. And I said that yeah. behind closed doors to my immediate chain of command, just have somebody apologize. Yeah. I was like, okay, all right, if that's not how it's going to go, then all right, then we're going to go tell what people what happened. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. What does John 15, 13 mean to you? Um, actually, I don't know if you can see it behind me. It's the, it's the, the uh, that's actually the verse on my wall. I've, I've oh, had nice. it up there since, since I was deploying. I mean, it didn't come through after being God. Yeah. Most veterans serve. And if you actually, if you go to the Texas A&M and you go to the, the core there, you'll see it up on their banner. That's the thing that veterans really serve by. And I, I, I will paraphrase it because I would get it wrong. And the different versions, Bible versions have it differently. Right. But to me, it's, it's love is no greater than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. It's sacrifice. It's, yeah. it's giving yourself for others. It's what Roan and Bub did for us. They gave their lives to, to protect us and to protect people that were there. And, and veterans and, that go overseas every day that are, that are willing to lay their lives down for our freedoms and to protect those freedoms and protect people. But that is essentially what that means to me is it just means sacrifice. Are you yeah. willing to sacrifice yourself? And everybody that signed their name on the dotted line and serves has been willing to, to sacrifice themselves, even if they know it or not, even if they're doing it for college money, they'll figure it out right. real quick that, that, they, that they have. And, yeah. and um, I, I believe in that. And I think that's how everybody should live. Everybody should be, able, be willing to, to give something of yourself for your fellow man. And that's what John 15, 13 means to me. Yeah. And it meant to me, when I was deploying and it still means to me to this day. Yeah. 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 So awesome. I'm a believer yeah. as well. And so I uh, yeah, absolutely just love that verse as well, man. Uh, but you have this awesome podcast called the battle line podcast. And, and uh, I mean, for, for those who don't know about it, I've been watching it. it your actually first episode was Andre Orlovsky. What's yeah. this podcast all about, man? <laughs> well, we, we started it myself and Ian Scotto and Ian, I met Ian when I used to do the Will Cow show. I used to do Andrew show. And I love Andrew. I don't, again, he's, He's crazy right. I mean, and that's fine. Andrew is probably one of the most well 
research person I know. He's he's brilliant and I love yeah. him. But you know, he again he's he 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 picks a side and that's great. You know, I'm problem with that. Yeah. But I met Ian when I was on Andrew's show and I started Will Cow's show because Ian was the engineer on the show. Oh gotcha. And then Ian went over to Soft Rep Radio or Hurricane Media and went to Soft Rep Radio. So of course I went on Soft Rep a few times when him and Jason Delgado was on it. My buddy Andrew Dwyer, or you know, rest his soul before he passed, was one of the guys that was on it. So Ian has always been in, and either was serious. He, he managed Engineer David Webb's show, Bill Bradley's show. He worked. Oh, he worked with uh, uh, D. Snyder on uh, when they used to do Fangora Radio. He was with D. Snyder on that. So Ian came to me uh, a couple years ago, and we were talking. He goes, "Man, we should do our show." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's 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 smart." I said, "I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know how to do it." But he goes, "I got it, man. I got it." And you know, if it wasn't for somebody that was an expert in that field, which he is, I yeah. wouldn't have done it because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And right. and I wanted to make sure it made, made sure it was professional, make sure it was it was well done. And uh, and we just started. And our main goal was to to not be political. Our main yeah. goal was to not get in, not have guests that are going to be left or right. It was not going to be a show like that. It was going to be just show about faith, overcoming adversity. Because by that time, I'd written my third book, The Patriot's Creed. Right. which all my books were based in faith, even though there's an F-bomb or two in them, because that's just how it is. Sure. You can believe in God, still cuts every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it all was overcoming adversity. How do you overcome? How do you, and also there's sacrifice in there. I have a story about Alwyn, Sergeant Cash, Alwyn C. Cash, about how he gave his life for his teammates, uh, even though he's not got the Medal of Honor, he should have it. But yeah, it's just, it was always positive stories. There's negatives, you can go through shitty stuff, you can fall off that horse, but if you get back on that horse, you can overcome them and make something positive out of that, out of that negative shit that you might've gone through. And, and that was what the podcast was about. Now we had to figure it out. It took about 30, cause I'd never done one, but after every episode, I do a little AR and after action review of, okay, what did I need to do better? And I yeah. listen to guys like yourself that had podcasts or guys that have been doing it for a while. Like, okay, what did I do wrong? Am I oh, talking too much? Because I'm not the guest anymore. I had to get away from, I'm not the guest. Like right now I'm talking all the time. Wait, I'm the host. I can't talk over my guest. So it just was figuring that out. Okay, what do, how do I make it better? Because with anything, if you do anything, you, you want to make it your best thing that you can do. But you have to be critical of yourself as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and Ian was, was good to me too. He gave me some good self-critical pointers. But it ended up being, and it still is, it's, it will have anybody on. Yeah. Um, um, and it is just stories about overcoming adversity. It really is. And from Debbie Rashawn, who, 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 and she was, she was raped and how she overcame that to be, you know, she's, she's great in this splatter film. She's still a huge splatter film actress. And, and, um, but she, she went through her own thing of being, being raped as a young and how, how she didn't let that scare her to, to, to just go into a hole and how she's excelled after to, um, uh, to where we had Tom Block, who, lost his eye in a minefield when they got dropped in with the, he was with third ranger battalion and how he became to be, uh, not work, only work with the department of health and human services, but how it overcame severe injuries and now is a power lifter. Yeah. So, and then we get, you know, then we have Andre in and, yeah. and, uh, Pat Militich and guys yeah. like that, that because when you're going through and you're MMA fighter, you have to sacrifice, give your life up to become successful in that. You have yeah. to, any, any professional athlete has, and those are, a lot of those guys have gone through, you know, Andre grew up in Russia and now he's an American citizen and he loves America. And he, yeah. he's, he, I say, you dirty Russian. He goes, I'm not a Russian, Tonto. Mr. Tonto, I'm, I'm American. 
You know, he takes it to heart seriously. So he's very patriotic. So there's a lot of patriotism in. And we have guys like Andre that didn't weren't born in the states, but now have got their citizenship here and how they how they love this country. And it, you know, and it, to me, that just is another positive positivity that we can bring to to the country. And then it's just the oh, the left is tearing this country up. Oh, the right is tearing this country up. Oh, they're both. Oh, we get, oh, we, everybody is is discriminated against. Uh, it's just hey, man, come on, right? It's, it's, there's still a, this is still the greatest country in the world, and this is why. And here are these people that have gone through shit, but because we live in the greatest country in the world, they still have excelled because they were willing to work hard and they were, they didn't take the failure. You know, they, they got up, picked themselves up. Like my dad used to say, they fell off that horse and they got back on it and they kept riding. Yeah. And uh, I think it's getting better every time because I, I'm learning the trade craft every time, better every time. Ian's awesome. Ian's a pro. <laughs> yeah. So um, don't worry about him. He knows what the hell he's doing. I just, uh, I'm enjoying doing it because, again, it's something different people can listen to that is positive and not just the negative, uh, you know, the world's going to end, which which is what the mainstream media, that's what they do. That's what they capitalize on. They make money off. Man, it's, it, they make money off, off dividing and, and telling everybody, hey, the world's going to end. I say we, we don't export anything anymore in the United States except drama. That's the only thing we export to other countries totally. is drama, drama yeah. anymore. Yeah, so, trying to have something different. I guess just different, and and it's, and it's fun for us. Something that we enjoy doing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It, it being part of podcasting. I had no idea what I, what I was doing when I started this thing, and um, three hundred episodes into this, and man, just uh, continue to learn every time I get on yeah. with guests. And and selfishly, I love to just have a relationship with you know everyone. Every, all of my guests that come on, I'm like, man, I'm so intrigued by personal stories, and so I'm just so honored that you came on my show. And and. Um, oh, man. Before we end it, I wanted to touch base though, real quick on, on the 14th Hour Foundation. I think this is a really cool thing that you guys are doing. But how can people get involved with that? Well, you know, it, it gives grants to police officers, let's say first responders, but that's police officers, law enforcement, EMTs, contractors, military contractors, and veterans. And it can be from anything where we've paid off a car loan, uh, like a car payment for a sergeant that could, she couldn't make her payment, wow. to where we're, we're now actually raising money for a veteran that he was, he got attacked uh, in, in Iraq. He was injured in Iraq, but he suffered severe injuries when he fell off his, uh, he fell off his crane and he, and he's now paralyzed. So we're trying to raise, uh, and we have, we've raised 20 grand to help him, help him if he needs for him and his family remodel their house. So it's capable for him. Wow. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's all those things. It's, and it's for, I got involved with it just because I was, I was speaking a lot at the time. And I was doing a lot of foundation speaking and it seemed like every one of them was competing against each other or they were, or they were pinning to one area. Like the seal foundation only helped the seals lead the way foundation only helped Rangers. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, it was like, man, they're only doing this, they're only doing this. Why can't we have one that just does everything and even helps other foundations. We, you know, we donate to other foundations as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ranger Doc Ruiz, he has a foundation down there in Texas a tremendous guy. And, um, and it's called regroup and you know we we give money to his foundation so he can get his his foundation up and running because it'll help veterans when they need to get away and you know do the camping thing do the outdoors thing which helps veterans and helps anyone but that's why i started it and uh and it I, you know i it's it just grassroots is just taking a life of its own and if people want to get involved or just donate to it you just go to just search 14th hour foundation yeah. And it'll pop up or you can search com, and there's a page link for you. Just click it and donate. And just so people know 
it's hard for me, brother. It really is hard for me. And a lot of these people that we give money to don't want their faces to be seen. They don't want to. So it's hard for me to show people that feel good story of, Hey, yeah, we've given this money here. And people need to see that because they want to make sure the money's not going in my pocket. And I'm not taking sure. trips to Tahiti. I got, I got it. <laughs> I got yeah. it. But, and we're not, no, that I don't take a salary from it. I, you know, I, the only funds that go out is if I get people do volunteer, but there are times when we do big foundation fundraisers where their money is worth their time. I, I believe it. And so I, you know, give, pay their, I'll help them pay their expenses if they're traveling out sure. uh, and we'll do stuff like that. But um, 90%, I'll, I'll, full disclosure, 90% goes to the, the veterans or to whoever needs it. 10% goes to the, we do have overhead costs. It's just how it is. Yeah. But we've been able to raise over six figures in two years. And, and the, I don't have, it's not the problem we have raising money. The problem we have is giving money the way to the people that need it. It's so easy to do a GoFundMe page than fill out a grant paperwork that I think a lot of people would rather do the, the GoFundMe. But I'm telling you, if you need the money, guys, 14th Hour Foundation, if, and if you've got your D214, you've got do, or documentation that you are a fire department or a police officer or first responder, which is just an ID card. Or you have documentation that you're a contractor, which I know what that is. You just get a contract. It's your contract that says, I work for Sock USA or Triple Canopy. You're going to get the money. I mean, unless, you, unless it's to bail you out of jail or to pay for a bail bondsman, which I wish we could, the IRS will hammer us with that. So, right, yeah. um, um, you know, you're, you're going to get it. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've helped close to, we've given away, and you, you folks that have donated to it have given away close to a hundred thousand dollars, you know, in the last, since we've had it going three years. And, um, and I said, we, we've got more in there for people and it's, it's sitting in there for you. And again, I, I don't take a dime from it and I never will. It's, it's not, I don't believe in that. I, I don't believe in it. I'll, I'll pay people that volunteer to help. I believe their time is worth it if they will take the money and they, they will at least take their expenses. And I think that's right. Yeah. Um, but, but the money guys, it's going to 9% of that money is going to where, it needs to go. And the other 10% is going to people that are helping make 14th hour foundation better because they're traveling to, to do stuff that people get paid, you know, and get, you're getting people get paid 20, 25 bucks an hour to do. And they're, they're doing it just by on their own dime, buying a plane ticket and flying up and, and donating their hours. So yep. yeah, it's been tremendous, but it's still going well. And now my smarter, my better half, my wife actually runs it all. So it's actually running efficiently now instead yeah. of my dumb ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a pretty face on it now, even though she triggered me. Yeah. You're just a pretty face. I got this. Okay. She handles everything now. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Chris, such an honor to have you on my show, man. Thank you for sharing your story and thank oh, you for your service, man, and all that you've done. I, I so appreciate you taking the time, man. I did. It's, it's my honor, man. I love the beard. Yeah, the beard, you're rocking it. Looks, thank you. Looks good, man. And uh, thanks for putting that flag up there, brother. I appreciate that. Absolutely. This is from a, actually a veteran-owned uh, company called Combat Flags. It's one guy yeah. based out in North Carolina. He, he yeah, said I, this I know. I know they're great company. No, I know Combat Flags. They're give them prop. They they do tremendous job. Good people out there. Great guys. Hey, thank you so much for watching the show today. I so appreciate it. Please leave a comment down below. Leave us a review. Share this video. We want to get it in front of as many people as we can. I'm going to continue to bring on the best guests possible from world changers entrepreneurs, success-minded people. We are creating visionaries here on this channel. Thank you so much for checking it out. Have an awesome day.